By the divine authority of the Templar, you are hereby exiled to the forsaken shores of Reklast. You have transgressed against God and consorted with sin. Find your redemption, exile, or die in the attempt. Two, one, record. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going good. How are you doing, Jake? Doing pretty good. You know, just having uh, having that, that small talk, that banter, that pre-podcast lead up that nobody ever hears. A little bit of that social making out. I got you. Yeah, that stuff. Um, A little bit of them linguistics. <laughs> you can't see Dave's eyebrows right now, but <laughs> they are all the way up. They were fully aroused, I guess would be the word. <laughs> I would say raised, raised? before okay. I'd say aroused. Okay, all right, yeah. Uh, just differences of opinion, I guess. But Do you like an eyebrow, Jake, or do you prefer people without eyebrows? <laughs> it's really weird, actually. I, uh, not to discriminate against people who don't have eyebrows, especially, like, you know, by if you don't have a choice in the matter, you don't have a choice. But I've always found the human face without eyebrows to be very disconcerting. It's like a body without nipples. It's like mm-hmm. certain features of the human body, like accent the other parts of the body, and you expect them to be there. Yeah. Like, if I see a bald person, they don't have hair, I'm like, okay, but they still have eyebrows. Right, yeah. If they don't, if they... If they're bald without eyebrows, then what th- are that's they? That's the thing. Like, <laughs> they seem less mammal-like. Okay, yeah. In that way. Hmm. And like you're expecting something to be above the mustache area, kind of, right. in so some capacity. It was like a, a primal identification thing. That's the, the facial identification, um, which is like, that's really interesting in itself. Not to, not to go into the um, uh, cognitive recognition of mm-hmm. human facial structure, but it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating, honestly. Like, there's um uh disorders that like cause you to lose the ability to kind of recognize, recognize faces recognize human faces um and it's it's just interesting research that once you're done listening to this podcast which is not about any of that it's about a video game this time oh shit we're doing video games again <laughs> yeah back to video games bringing it back <laughs> this time it is path of exile aka walking diablo oh. 3 but not shit (laughs) i mean i would contest that point for diablo 3 in the modern era but there were periods of time where i feel like you could make that claim for diablo so before i started getting into my uh comparison and tangent of rants and such yeah so obviously uh path of exile is a as we would call a diablo 2 clone Mm -hmm. action rpg action rpg uh looty tooty murder things (laughs) sometimes shooting yeah Um, but like you go around from like a isometric view and like you're killing mobs you're killing magic magic mo- groups yeah. elites yeah uh, what are they what are the blue ones called elite packs or your special monsters or, yeah i don't know what they're called in um uh, in fruity tootie but in diablo 3 they're elite packs yeah but like Somebody you're going around <laughs> killing stuff you're trying to get um loot and drops to make your character better to kill mm-hmm. things more efficiently to level up etc etc right mm-hmm. so it's still in that space but yeah. it does a lot of things i would say differently mm-hmm. so like this is more if we were to go back to the the family tree of action rpgs like so many have split off of diablo um including diablo um but where uh from diablo 2 blizzard went to diablo 3 maybe that was kind of like directly up bright sunshiny pastel colors all of that um path of exile was just like oh no we're digging we're digging down and they just went into the ground they're like grim crypts and blood and all of that stuff that diablo 2 had well yeah blizzard for a lot of the things has gone to the uh rounded edges approach to things where it's mm-hmm. like hey if we want to appeal to a wider audience things will be more like newbie friendly mm-hmm. and that's fine like i honestly do enjoy diablo 3 i've played uh, season or two at very low tier whatever things yeah 
but like it's fun and it's a good model mm-hmm. but i really appreciate as you were saying how in-depth path of exile gets for like hey uh this is how this shit works yeah like my biggest difference i appreciate is the skill tree mm-hmm. so in like diablo 2 you have your classes if you're a sorceress you can level um fire ice or lightning yeah as everyone knows are the only three elements yeah there's nothing else unless you're a druid in case <laughs> in which case there are more yeah earth wind and again fire <laughs> fire yeah it's the only overlap you never fucking see earth druid yeah. um, it's because it's shit but the classes in path of exile um, everybody has the same skill tree yeah the kind pa- of like passive skill tree yeah in final fantasy 10 mm-hmm. you had the sphere grid Ooh, everyone's nostalgia is tingling <laughs> and it was really cool because you're like well i feel like i need a little bit more mana or a little bit more dexterity or strength or damage etc cetera, etc cetera. but you can build into these different things so if you pick a given character it does not necessarily influence how you're going to play right so it, like jake where was a fire sorceress mm-hmm. when we played over mm-hmm. the past two weeks or so i uh, i prefer the term witch actually <laughs> Usually I would say burn the witch, and he's like, but I have the fire. <laughs> right. A twist. Burn them, comma, witch, got it. <laughs> Dear witch, please burn them. Gotcha. But yeah, I so I started like with an on the northern section of the skill tree. Mm-hmm. Um, that was largely, it's in the center of all of the, of the, uh, the blue magic section, essentially, intelligence. Um, so the three stats are intelligence, dexterity, and strength. Um, I mean, if you've never played RPGs before, this might come as a surprise to you. Right. But, yeah. Um, and if you pick, like, a different class, you may start, like, in a hybrid tree. You might yeah. start between intelligence and dex, right? I, I played a duelist, so it was pretty much the even split between uh, strength and dexterity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strong but swift. <laughs> like a coursing river. And... Uh, it's you're just filling out this constellation um of skills so uh if proximity wasn't an issue if you could just pick from whatever skills you wanted on a list there would be um fewer choices to make but now Mm -hmm. distance matters there may be a skill so they they not only have stats in the tree so you mentioned like you can get some more health um you you can get intelligence or dex um but they also have um health nodes so you can get healthier if you like pick this particular branch off of the tree yeah um or they may have uh minor or major traits and sometimes they're very significant and how they can apply to your character yeah yeah like um one of the little sections that was kind of off of one of the main branches that i put points into was for channeling abilities Mm -hmm. because my character was going around the skill cyclone which is a channeled ability so the points in that little cluster were like, oh, you do more damage while channeling and other bonuses to channeled abilities. I'm like, okay, this is going to help the build and play style I want, so I'm going to invest in that. Right. Whereas yeah. Jake would be like, this would be a waste <laughs> of points for yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, I did use a skill early, um, Scorching Ray, which is channeled. Um, but I Is that like a beam? Yeah, that was the beam. Uh, but I eventually switched that out um, for fireballs. Um, and, uh, some of those major, uh, major skill trees like have significant trade-offs. Like there's one, um, and, uh, the intelligence section where it's like, uh, you no longer have health regeneration, but your health regeneration applies to your energy shield. Um, so your energy shield is just like a halo overshield essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the re- regenerates over time. Or there's another one that makes it so like, if uh, your shield starts regenerating, your energy shield, if you take damage, it doesn't interrupt it for like a few seconds. So you get guaranteed regeneration if you can have shorter bursts of downtime between getting right. hit. Um, and just like a lot of kind of mechanics, things like that. And some of them, like I, I mentioned our trade-offs, um, one of them removes your ability to summon a totem at all, which is just kind of like usually a stationary um, summon that does some magical effect. You know, totems. Yeah, totems. <laughs> Um, but in exchange, you gain one more mark of uh, a brand, which is this kind of damaging spell you can drop and it'll attach to an enemy and hurt them or do something over time. Um, so you can kind of like focus your character by expanding out in these trees. And if something's really far, like there, there could be things down in the, 
strength or dexterity trees that would be really cool for my character. Like they'd be awesome. Um, especially, especially, um, for some of the synergies with the gems, um, where gems, which we'll get into, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are gems, Jacob? Uh, they may require multiple stats, yeah. um, but it would be too expensive for my build to go all the way down that tree. I would lose too many points in transit. Um, and it would, uh, it would weaken the build overall. Um, and I think that's the passive skill tree. That's, that's the trick. This is probably like the people who love path of exile the most, I feel like embrace it. And the people who aren't really, really willing to give path of exile a try are probably pushed away by it. Um, because it is one of the most extreme things the game does as far as, um, character development. I mean, that kind of is the path of exile, is actually navigating the passive skill tree. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you will be alone. You will be forced to make hard decisions. <laughs> and you'll screw up your character. <laughs> but then you'll make a new one by copying a meta build online. <laughs> yeah. And that's, like, you, you basically cut to the heart of it, I think, is um, for me, because I've tried, I've played Path of Exile a couple times in the past, but I've never gotten as far as my most recent character. Mm. Um and I've always the the stress of going over the build has gotten to me where I'm just like, I think I made a mistake. I don't have any refund points or I'm afraid to use my refund points because maybe it wasn't really a mistake. And it just wears me down until I'm just like too much stress. I'm not going to play. Um, so you do what you mentioned. You just follow a build online. But that kind of defeats the point of the having that much freedom anyways. I mean, to a degree, yeah. I know you're much more of a, you like to optimize in games and like find those, like when we play Monster Hunter World, you're like, these are the routes I'm going to go, kill this monster and then mine these nodes. Yeah. And just, you do that. Um, For me though, I definitely do want to have an optimized build. Uh, At the same time, I also do kind of enjoy hopping into that to be like my mindless, I'm going to murder like a hundred mobs at a time type thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I get enjoyment enough from that. Yeah. But at the same time, there will be a point later on where I will want to create my own thing and figure it out on my own and be like, oh, but what if I did this instead? Yeah. And then upload my own build. Right. Be like, check this out, guys. <laughs> once you have like, once you've done your playthrough, you've played with the skills, you have more of an understanding of what's in the tree, then you could sit down and, and plan a lot of it out. Yeah. If you like theory crafting you're probably already playing Path of Exile if you like action RPGs because the diversity in Path of Exile is absolutely absurd. And it accomplishes that while, for the most part, minimizing the number of active skills you have, which is kind of interesting. Well, again, I want to make the distinction between like something like Diablo 3, you're capped at, I think it's like four or five skills you can have, and they're all active, correct? mm -hmm. Um, uh, sort uh, of. Some ish. of them are toggles. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you usually interact with four or five things. Yeah. Um, and you can have modifiers on those. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my dash ability might leave a trail of fire behind me, mm-hmm. or something fairly simple. Um, but everything in Path of Exile, you can kind of build whatever mm-hmm. because the skills are based off of gems that you socket into items that you have right or you'd have to put a matching color gem in that socket Mm -hmm. so like initial one you might get as the duelist is like double strike right and that's your active skill you're like oh i'm gonna hit them twice quickly cool Mm -hmm. but then you also get these support gems to give modifiers so again for duelist it was like a chance to bleed support yeah. So every time I'm hitting somebody, I have a chance to inflict bleed damage upon them as well. Yeah. But it, it could also be poison. It could be anything. Yeah. The, the support system is very, very open-ended. And, like, the gyms need to be linked together. Um, the sockets have to be linked together in the item. So you're kind of, like, in Diablo, to, like, make that comparison, you're usually uh, concerned with affixes or the uh, modifiers on each item. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe it makes you stronger. Maybe it gives you health. Maybe there's a special effect. Maybe it modifies an ability, whatever. In Path of Exile, um, it's equally important in a lot of ways that the um, the sockets are set up in such a way that you can kind of build around it, um, especially since each gem has um, 
uh, stat affinity. So some gems are just intelligence. And uh, as you continue to level up the gem, it gets experience while you um, while well, you, you level it levels. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, like materia, actually. Yeah, yeah. But like, as somebody who wasn't playing int, mm-hmm. if I had like a blue gem, I would kind of cap out a certain point because I'm not putting extra points into intelligence. Right. So I'd be like, wow, my clarity is pretty good. Meanwhile, Jake's like rocking like a level twenty clarity. Like, here's all the fucking mana. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I would like mana, mm-hmm. but instead I'm punching people in the face a lot, type thing. Yeah, because I I don't think the game lets you level up gems if you can't use them anymore. I think it grays it out. I'm not sure if you can force override that or not. I don't think I you think can. I think you get enough experience to like, I would be able to level it. Yeah. If I had enough of that stat. Exactly. So like I'm in the opposite position. Like my fireball has a support skill, uh, greater multiple projectiles, which modifies my fireball um, so that it fires like five. Balls. Yeah, it fires like five <laughs> at once. It's a cone of Instead fireballs. Instead of firing a ball, it fires balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but that skill is actually a dexterity skill. Mm-hmm. And there are some dexterity, like there are some stat nodes that will be like uh, exiled from their own specific section, if you will, to borrow a term. <laughs> And uh, so you can pick up like little stat increases, even if that's not your primary stat. And so you get some potential to, uh, to upgrade things like greater multiple projectiles, uh, which I have. But if Dave was using that skill, say he was like an archer or something like that, his dexterity is so much higher than me, he would continually be able to level that um, gem up and make it better and better. Yeah. Um, and that's where so much of this comes in because you have support skills for every one of the three colors you have many skills that require um, multiple attributes um so like one example of that is i summon two golems to uh fight with me basically tank for me um and those golems uh they're there's different elements there's like ice which i believe it scales off of intelligence and dex and then there's like fire which is like intelligence and strength and then there's chaos which is intelligence and intelligence so I was like, chaos. I'm going to have chaos golems because <laughs> uh, that sat's really high for me. It's like 366 versus 50. <laughs> like that's, that's the yeah. difference. There's a surprising amount of trade-off. Like You still get points throughout the tree, mm-hmm. whereas you're not going to be a weakest boy. You're just going to have some strength and dex here and there Yeah, because it'll be like littered through and you might be forced to go through it mm-hmm. in the same way. I'm a slightly literate character. Yeah. Um, where I have to have some intelligence because otherwise it'd be, be kind of kneecapping yourself or mm-hmm. you'd be forced to be like, and this is my forced intelligence branch. Mm. And then so you can actually have end level gear, which goes across three stats. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, it's a really diverse system that encourages a lot of experimentation. They also encourage you to dip a little bit into stats. So up in the intelligence tree, there's a little node uh, uh, off from my primary branch and it's just, it doesn't connect to anything. It's just off on the side, entirely optional, but it's a medium dexterity node. I pick that up, I immediately get 20 dexterity instead of the usual, like, 10. Yeah. So it's like, mm, this is tempting. This is tempting because this is a significant stat advancement for a relatively low skill cost. Yeah, you just have to put, like, one level point into it, mm-hmm. and then you're good for the next 10 levels or so as far as requirements are concerned. Yeah. Which is really nice. And you, you won't, like, max out the gems. Like, I stop, I will, I'll probably stop leveling greater multiple projectiles. Um, it's already at that point, actually, on my character. Um, but I've gotten what I need to out of it. That plus, like, other support skills. So you can tie a lot of things together. You can just make, like, a custom creation of an ability, essentially. Um, and that's really where Path of Exile shines, is how customizable the skills and characters are. And you can have up to six linked sockets in gear. Yeah. I think usually like two-handed weapons and armors can go up to six. Other things usually cap at around four. Mm-hmm. But it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Because like the build I'm running right now is the ever-popular Cyclone build for Duelist mm-hmm. for 3.7 in Legion. But basically, I have the ability Cyclone, which means I spin around with right. my weapons. Spin to win. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't deal as much damage, but I hit a lot faster, and I'm obviously hitting in a fucking circle around me, Mm -hmm. so I can hit more enemies at once. 
uh, but then that gets boosted by a bunch of support things like more physical damage, more physical damage, bigger area of effect. You take less damage while doing a channeling ability. Yeah. And other things like that. So I'm this giant tanky cyclone that I just kind of... <laughs> like I'm just cleaning up the screen a little bit from left to right. It's just like the erase tool in and paint <laughs> across the canvas of enemies <laughs> but like that is just that would be it could be my weapon or it could be my armor piece which mm -hmm. could have up to six sockets it doesn't matter where you put it it's not tied to attack or defense based on where it's placed it's right. just you have access to these abilities and here's how they're modified yeah sockets are sockets yeah yeah the hole's a hole <laughs> there are like it's, it's kind of like the Magic the Gathering rule, unless otherwise specified. Like, there are exceptions to all of this. Like, I have an amulet that has one... Um, I think it's an amulet. It could be a ring. One... It's an amulet, because... Um, Is it on your neck or on your fingers? <laughs> right, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, but it has a uh, white socket, mm -hmm. which is wild card. <laughs> wild card. Wild card, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, whatever uh gym i put in there mm -hmm. uh has a ridiculously high elemental resistance for the type of gym so if i put like a blue gym in there the socket temporarily becomes blue and it gives me like almost 100 percent cold resist i put a red gym in there it's almost 100 percent fire resist and then there's uh which item is this it sounds like a unique it's unique yeah okay mm -hmm. it's unique which is the equivalent of diablo 3's uh legendaries yes mm -hmm. so one thing about uh, path of exiles uniques compared to Diablo's legendaries, they obviously do, like, a lot of cool shit. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not uncommon for them to have, have like, a, hey, this really cool thing. Hey, but also... Yes. Yeah. They'll have some type of significant trade-off. Uh -huh. So, like, for a while, I had this helmet, which gave me some other cool effects, but also 20% boost to global physical damage. Mm -hmm. So any physical damage I did, an extra 20%. I was like, dear God, my DPS has skyrocketed. <laughs> it's so cool. But there is this little tagline at the bottom which says, uh, you can't evade attacks. I'm like, huh. Yeah. So any type of points you put into evasion throughout your passive skill tree or mm -hmm. any other type of effect, yeah. negated. Full fucking kneecapped. Yeah. Because you can't evade attacks. And like right now, my current helmet is a bunch of other cool shit. Crazy good for my DPS. But as I was telling Jake, I take 50% increased physical damage. <laughs> so if somebody slaps me, I'm like through the fucking wall. Yeah, straight across the room. And like my whole build is built around, I can't regen life mm -hmm. because I put a point in the Val lifesteal. Like a corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. But that's something in the passive skill tree where it says like, hey, um, you'll never regen life again. But any type of life you would get from lifesteal aka like getting dam health back when you damage somebody yeah is doubled so as long as i'm hitting somebody it's fucking great i'm right. very sustainable mm -hmm. but if i get stunned things get bad quick <laughs> and this is where i just disappear yeah um i actually thought of as an example while you were talking about the the, the kind of diverse uh skill sets that can arrive mm -hmm. from that there is a few items i was looking at for a build there's an effect um I think it's it's not incinerate, uh, but it causes you it causes it's the fl the flame dot it's a fire dot, so do ignite. fire damage or ignite there you yeah, go yeah. thank you, uh, does fire damage over time, and this build was based around unique items that had like big upsides for like uh, ignite and things like that and then a downside, uh, you can ignite yourself, like randomly you'll just catch fire, <laughs> and you'll just start taking all this damage, and this entire build was based based around procs um of you being on fire <laughs> like <laughs> it did all of its damage to everything else in some right. way whenever you were on fire <laughs> it just amplified your damage like crazy um and i thought that was hilarious like it's a negative effect that the entire yeah, it's build was based unique. around i've also seen something about uh i've not looked into it too deeply mm-hmm but there are certain things which might trigger, like, cast on death. Yes, yeah. Uh -huh. And apparently it's a semi-sustainable or semi-viable build where, like, you run into a thing, you get nuked, but then all these effects happen and you just clear everything. Yeah. No, that's so imagine, like, walking up to a boss, like, naked. It slaps you and then explodes. It dies. <laughs> you come back and you loot it. 
but you forgot to drop a portal so you have to run back <laughs> right that's what would happen with me i wouldn't i wouldn't try that one but no it's it's crazy um and the thing is um portals mm-hmm. and scrolls of identification right mm-hmm. in diablo days these were things that like you could buy from akara for like 20 cents and you're like, these yeah, are my transactions. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, twenty. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were pretty cheap back in, in in Diablo days. Yeah, and they removed them in Diablo three. Yeah, but like they were just meant to be like minor utility items before you had Deckard Kane or waypoints, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. just minor little conveniences. Um, but in Path of Exile, they're more useful, and they became a form of currency. Yeah, the game has no fixed gold like tender yeah you don't get gold from enemies Mm -hmm. at all you get drops you can sell but when you sell them they give you fragments of other things yeah Mm -hmm. so you're always going into like these different pieces or orbs or things yeah but all of the orbs and things Mm -hmm. to keep it super vague right um, are all modifiers for items so you might be able to take a common item which has no magical properties and imbue it with magical properties yeah you might be able to turn a magic into a rare you might be able to re-socket an item you might be able to re-roll the modifiers of an item and all these other cool things yeah so it has a lot of controlled rng which early on you're like that, that's kind of cool yeah but like i'm gonna grab the legendary i picked up <laughs> but when you get to late game you're like i have this perfect weapon yeah but it's missing this so that's when you care about that controlled RNG. Yeah. It's it's really interesting because it has the currency itself has intrinsic value. Yes. Like it it directly impacts gameplay and the um the the drive to get better loot. Um so the items that uh are commonly traded are ones that will always be valuable. So like um you mentioned the orbs. The one the only one I'll, I'll bother mention is is the chaos orb which re-rolls the, or randomizes the affixes on a uh, rare item. And you're like, that seems like that would commonly be really useful given that rare items are like used in so many builds and things like mm. that. And that is correct. Literally everyone wants them, so this became the common currency. This became the bottle, bottle caps or the gold replacement or whatever. Stone of Jordan. Yeah, the, yeah, Stone of Jordan. Um and uh all of the other trades are largely based off of this this value it's the it's the uh the buds from tf2 um for well, it's people. like it's it's what the conversion metric is or scrap yeah. it's like how many chaos warps is this yeah exactly and you either get like some decimal value of like you need to trade this many to get a chaos orb mm-hmm. or you could sell this and get this many chaos orbs yeah and it's not the most valuable thing there's like there's many uh valuable currencies above it and there's a lot below it but it is the most commonly accessible valuable thing so it's uh this intermediary currency yeah so like you can find yourself um like you mentioned in the early game you may trade these off for uh unique items or like major upgrades for your character yeah because you just want any type of increase you don't if you have a thing you're not using and someone's offering you something that you would use and get a benefit from, you're like, that seems like an easy trade for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously getting a benefit. You it, can have this if it benefits you. Great. It's like the net power, mm-hmm. basically, right? Like this person who's off farming this late, late level map uh, found an item that's garbage to him, but it's decent. And to you, it's amazing. So he's just like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll like throw it to the peasants if they give me like their least you know like whatever currency is so like chaos orb or something like that so you're like sweet here's my chaos orb i just got i'll take that 500 percent you know dps increase item and place that on my body um whereas if you just use the orb kind of like maybe you get better stats or whatever but it's not gonna be 500 percent. yeah so it's kind of this give and take it's much more valuable to him in his hands uh, to have the orb um and that's really cool. It's actually kind of like an economics lesson in itself um, because it's a society that doesn't have uh, currency that, that lacks. It doesn't have currency well, that the, lacks intrinsic value, like US it's dollars. It's the barter system. Yeah. You don't have something that represents value. You just have 
I have a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I also have a thing. But I want your thing. Yeah. Can I can we swap these? Yeah. And it's crazy how fucking nuts the uh whole trade system is. Because again, back to Diablo 2, if I was looking for a specific item that I did not have and a friend of mine did not have, after I would send several whispers. Right. Or make a Facebook post my sorry, MySpace post about <laughs> it's like, hey, you got that. You, you got, got that stuff. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jimmy, it's so good to see you at Thanksgiving. Do you have the uh, Enigma so code? Can I get that for you? <laughs> but, like, I would just kind of make messages in, like, the literal server chat. Yeah. And you just wait for somebody to bite. You're like, oh, thank God, I can get that thing. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's up to pure RNG. It's like, am I going to get it? No, I'm not running magic, fine. So you're just going to get statistically shitty drops compared yeah. to somebody mm-hmm. else who's trying to farm it. But in Path of Exile, Jake showed me the light. <laughs> yeah. There is a trade site mm-hmm. where I can filter to find like people who are listing certain items. I can find and like filter by any stat on it, mm-hmm. how much it costs, what the item level is, what the dex requirement is, yeah. what the DPS is, and all everything. And then I can just copy that message and whisper that person in game, be like, I want you to think. Yeah. <laughs> I will give you this price that you have fixed. Yeah, and they will usually either not respond at all because they're not online, or they're a Chinese bot. Mm-hmm. Just kidding, Chinese bots always respond. Right. Within like ten or thirty seconds, they send you an invite to a private room, mm-hmm. which is your hideout. It's way less creepy than in, in yeah. real life. Yeah, <laughs> I'll explain hideouts more in a sec. <laughs> um, but you just go and then you make the swap, and then you each say "ty" to each other, mm-hmm. unless you're the Chinese bot, mm-hmm. and then you leave, and that's it yeah they got what they wanted you got what you wanted the exchange is done and it's it's honestly like it's a remarkably efficient system for not just implementing a trade system like in the game that's the funny thing yeah is it's like it's like the most streamlined duct tape solution to not actually having a a trade system in the game and you mentioned the site it's a first party site it's run by the company like that makes the game there's bindings between um like if you put items in your stash you can be like oh they're this price and while you're online like they'll show up on this search so like it prioritizes people who are online yeah so uh, if you're looking for something the person will probably be online to complete the trade um and it's hilarious because this is all like first party support the message you send them is like um it tells them where in their stash the item Seriously. is. It's like They're third like, oh, row I down. Have that thing. The guy's waiting to buy my item and it's just like it's it's here. Yes, exactly. And like when I saw that I almost I, I kind of thought about it. I was like, I know someone's tried to use this to scam somebody. Just like manually change it, be like, oh yeah, it's the third item in <laughs> off of this thing. But um, they're like my divine orb. That's mm. that seems odd. <laughs> yeah. One alchemy orb? Nah, that's fine. <laughs> Well, if it's what I listed. <laughs> the other beautiful thing is, um, like I joked about with the Chinese bots, mm-hmm. I'll copy a message from somebody who has a seemingly whatever username, yeah, and it will paste it in whatever language they are running the game in. Yes. Uh-huh. So I've sent some, what I hope are trade deals to people, <laughs> but like it just shows up by these Chinese characters that I don't know how to read or translate, mm-hmm. but they get the message, they know what's what's up. Yeah. And then we just do the deal. It's hilarious because, like, I, I posted a picture of this to uh, to Discord because mm-hmm. I had I had one of those occur, and it's just like to me indecipherable symbols, the words like the name of the item, and then like one chaos, and then more indecipherable <laughs> symbols. And I'm just like, yeah, I trust the system. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Yeah. I sent them a thank you anyways. I was like, I, they'll maybe they'll understand. I feel like 9% of the time I still feel obligated to say thank you because, I don't know, I'm not an asshole yeah. all the time. It happens fast, too. It, yeah, like if people are online, they're like, I've been waiting to trade off this item. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. That's it. Like maybe 15 seconds for the fastest one. Just sent message. They immediately invite me. They're They're in their hideout or whatever. They get the item from the chest. I jump to them. I load in. They open a trade. We trade it off. I leave. We're done. It's just like done. Uh, it's it's crazy how efficient the system is, um, and like 
how efficient it is without implementing a market board, which would literally just do this for people. Right? Yes. <laughs> the other thing I really love um, are the hideouts. Mm. So as you go through the game, you can unlock these little hideouts, which are like these personal rooms. Mm-hmm. So like typically in games, like you'd have your, oh, we're on like the same server. We're in the same main town together. Here are the NPCs. Here's the waypoint. Here's the way out, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I can go to and customize my own personal hideout based off like different themes of the acts throughout the game. And I can just put whatever there. Yeah. And then if like, hey, I don't want to have all these like pubs running around type thing, you can just go to the hideout. You yeah. can invite somebody at your party in the hideout. So if like Jake and I are playing together, we can do that. Or if I'm trying to do a trade deal with somebody, I'd be like, just come to my thing. You're my party. It's cool. Yeah. And that way you don't have like these old trade scams of like, Drop the item here, and I'll drop the item here, and then we'll <laughs> go exchange it. Yeah, I would trade faces. it with you, but there's there's some glitch with my character where I can't for some reason. It's really weird. <laughs> Blinks. Yeah. Um, and they do have a nice little safety on that on the trades too. In order to accept the trade, you have to mouse over all of the items uh, being offered from the opposite yeah. side. You can't just like click the accept. Yeah. And then, oh, I didn't see what it was. I accidentally got traded some piece of shit that looked like the same item. Yeah. Which again, like every scam that existed in the days of Diablo 2, I feel I experienced right, and uh, learned from. For science. <laughs> yes, it was definitely intentional when it happened. <laughs> no, it's, it's really cool. I like the hideouts. I also like that you can customize them to such an extent. You're just like, oh, the rocks, the rocks will go over here next to the stream and the tree will rotate the tree a bit to the right and that will be yeah, here. Like, so there's like a little button for edit. I'm like, oh, sure, let me edit. And then it's like, there's a clear all button. I'm like, oh, sure. Like, I'll clear all. Mm-hmm. And then so much that I didn't realize was that were things that I could modify uh-huh. all disappeared. I'm like, undo. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool how it was. And I didn't want to spend the time to design it at that point. You just but blink awake in the void is <laughs> reality. Blink ceases to exist. It's just a white room. <laughs> there I am in my padded suit. Eyes, t- I mean, my arms tied behind my back. The other, the other cool thing is, like, there's some NPCs that, like, serve functions to, like, um, systems throughout the game or, like, mini-games, things like that, incorporated in the game. Um, kind of unique mechanics and whatnot. And uh, you can go to the NPC and be like, you live at my place now. And they're like, huh, what? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? And you're like, no, no. You live <laughs> at my place. And they're like, ah! And get pulled there. Now, <laughs> now they're at your hideout and you can move them around. Put them in the pond. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice because you don't have to go to, oh, I think this one NPC is in Act 3, this town. Mm-hmm. And you have to go talk to them. You can just be like, eh, I'll put you here. Right. Oh, no, I abducted him. He's in my <laughs> place. <laughs> you just have these like rows of NPCs like, we're so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually hilarious because I was like, okay, pragmatic. I'm going to take the NPCs. I'm going to put them all around the portal uh, at my hideout. Um, so they're just literally utilitarian sitting there no like a decorative function or anything like that they're just waiting on my beck and call for me to arrive through the portal utilize their services and leave that's their sole existence (laughs) they've been demoted to this or promoted they're just waiting there in t-pose masters (laughs) (laughs) no it's it it, it is pretty great though and the hideouts are, are visually um distinct you were mentioning you get them yeah. through the different acts and uh some of them look pretty cool i would say throughout just the game in general uh, as far as everything they've done as far with visual design alone mm. oh yeah very nice and crisp mm-hmm. they have great models for everything like i've zoomed in and not been like oh i see where they kind of just if you look at it at a quick glance it's fine but if you look at it close up it's kind of shitty yeah it's all good mm-hmm. it's really fucking good and the sound design of all the character voices throughout the game. Yeah. Super nice. I really wish I would have listened to any of the lore or, <laughs> you know, uh, little news articles you can read, the ger- journal entries. Yeah. It, it's technically there. They do have really good um, voice acting for a lot of those those lines, too. They're like You find the note, and then you're like, the note is before you. You look at it, and then you just hear a disembodied voice. It's like, it's like... And King Ulrich has stepped down from his throne after all of this. And you're like, I I left. Like, I'm not even in front of the parchment anymore. And it's like, yes, but King Ulrich. You, you can cancel out of those. But I always like when games are like, 
they re- they respect your time. Yeah. And so you then they don't expect you to sit there in front of the 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 chat box waiting for it to scroll like Star Wars <laughs> before you leave, right? Yes. Um this one does let you walk away and continue to hear it. Cuz I, I like th- both. I think one of the voice actors for um who's the ascendancy guy? Do you remember his name? It's like Azaro or something like that. That actually sounds exactly correct. Mm-hmm. So I think Azaro is also the voice of... This is a great time to, you know, not have this planned out and mm-hmm. think that I would remember it randomly. We don't plan things here at the Soapstone. It's unethical. In fact, we I don't even buy was... time. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, quick! <laughs> I think it's the same voice as... Uh... Elohim okay. or somebody else yeah. it was like a slightly different filter but I'm like I know this person I'd yeah. have to hear it again to be able to deduce who mm-hmm. but to jump into Izaro's thing as one of those kind of NPCs was a cool thing yeah um, there's an ascendancy challenge that you can do throughout the game yeah and there's like little puzzles like get to here click the stone mm-hmm. it's, that's it mm-hmm. but there might be like some mobs in the way and there might be some traps where you have to like navigate your character around a to b don't die <laughs> yeah and they're pretty simple to start mm-hmm. but then when you get to the actual sentency challenge you have to go through like a series of these rooms you're killing lots of monsters evading lots of traps mm-hmm. and then it's always end cap with a boss fight yeah and if you successfully do that like three or four times you get these ascendancy points so you can actually put extra passive points into your character to further narrow it down yeah and i think each character class has i think three options yeah. for specification that sounds right so like duelist was gladiator and two other ones i didn't fucking pick right <laughs> but then in each of those you can get up to eight ascendancy points total and kind of cash those in to, as i said further narrow down your character as far as what they're specializing in mm-hmm they're also kind of hidden unless you are like looking at a, a guide and you saw them in advance. Mm-hmm. I didn't really notice them. I, they actually did exist in the guide I was following or looking at for my character, but I didn't notice their place in the constellation. So it, it kind of caught me off guard when my character ascended. Um, Cause it is like, here's your super class. Here's your focus. Mm-hmm. Here's like, for, so I picked like elementalist um, and some of the bonuses are just extraordinarily build defining. They're just really, really good. Um, so all damage deals fire damage okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, so it really it really helps to um, to kind of solidify that and push you forward and uh, you revisit this labyrinth like several times I saw Um, you can unlock complete more puzzles come back do the labyrinth later do the labyrinth later and then ultimately it like requires some currency to do like the last level or something but um, it's really cool and it's randomly generated and the loot in the labyrinth is um it can be pretty good uh, especially at the Super end pretty good um so it's it's a nice kind of uh kind of like focused activity which this game has a lot of um because it's been out uh since the dawn of time actually <laughs> there was we talk about how diablo one path of exile <laughs> oh, right and then diablo, yeah, so then diablo two yeah. yeah i was gonna say we talk about how it's like spiritual successor diablo two in many ways it's interesting because it came before Diablo 2. <laughs> uh, not really, though. It has been around for quite a, a long bit. time, though. Quite a bit. And the activities are cool. Like, uh, Dave and I were doing the, um, the like delving uh, minecart uh, like subtask or activity where it's like, hey, the host has this much fuel resource, and you have to tell the minecart where to go, and you can get more loot. And it has a little light on it. And uh, it projects a light aura around it. And if you get outside of that aura into the darkness of the mines, you immediately start dying. It just, your health just collapses. It goes down pretty quick, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to like fight through all these monsters, get to the end, get the loot. But the uh, further down you go, the better loot you get. Yeah. And the more difficult it is because it's higher level monsters. Yeah. And like some of the some of the the loot that you can get is more currency you can kind of feed into upgrades for your mine car or like sticks of dynamite or lights and like all this stuff, um, and it's really just a cool set of systems that was just injected into the game. And since Path of Exile is free to play, which we did not mention until forty four minutes into the podcast, uh, you kind of have access to all of that. Well, we wanted like, from to, the you to build up. You're like, how much money do I have in my wallet? How as I'm listening to the podcast, what would I value this game right, at? Yeah. It's free. Yeah. 
So evaluate it nothing. <laughs> it is 100% free. You won't have to spend any money in this game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's like bold. But if you wanted to. <laughs> bold and italicized and asterisk have to spend. Free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's but, like, yeah, go ahead. So like whenever I take notes, like we always put it like bullet points and like a Google Docs. I'm kind of go through some things. Mm-hmm. But while I wasn't looking, uh, Jake fully fleshed out the microtransaction section. Yeah. Because this is a free-to-play game, and mm-hmm. they make a lot of their money from microtransactions. Yeah. Some would so say all of their money. <laughs> they give you a... Well played. Uh, <laughs> they give you a fuck ton of options mm-hmm. to spend money on the game, whether it's buying more item tabs or having in-game cosmetics or other things of that ilk. Yeah. I got drunk and bought a couple in-game cosmetics, Mm -hmm. and it was fine. Like, I value the game at probably, like, 30 to 40 Mm -hmm. on its own. Since it was free, I just want to spend, like, 20 bucks on it. We kind of talked about this before. Yeah. For, like, throwing some money at free games. Um, And... But the level of detail they go into for cosmetics and for how many options you have is insane. Right. One would think that their entire livelihood may depend upon the nature yeah. of the cosmetics that they add to this like, game they have a really good team of people who are making those mm-hmm. and a lot of them look pretty badass and edgy yeah but at the same time it's hard to get a really cool cosmetic for a couple bucks like yes mm-hmm. the cheapest thing i think you can get is around three dollars and that's one inventory tab for your stash not yeah. a premium one just a standard inventory tab no bells or whistles um a premium one is four dollars <laughs> the other inventory tab is loud as fuck <laughs> <laughs> well you say that you say that jokingly but you can literally choose the color so you could make it like pink or like bright red oh, you I could was... make it loud as f <laughs> i was saying that because of the bells and whistles oh okay it would be like you're like in tab five. Oh no, god yeah. oh, <laughs> all right we're going back um but yeah i mean like if those sound like you, you can get a discount kind of if you like buy them in bulk so you can buy like six tabs at once and then it's cheaper um but it's still like two dollars and fifty cents for normal tabs three dollars yeah. thirty three cents for premium tabs um and these are i would argue like sometimes there's cosmetics that don't impact gameplay and it's just contribute money to the developers make your character look cool feel good about yourself make your wallet smaller and that's fine uh, but this is kind of more the gray area because this is gameplay impacting. If you don't buy any extra tabs, I think you're stuck at like two or three um, as far as your overall character storage. So I have five by default in okay. my stash. Five, okay. And then I have whatever inventory I have on my character. Okay. So and you have call it six? <laughs> yeah. So more generous than what I was portraying. Um, but... Uh, some of the some of the stash tabs are very very convenient like one of them allows you to place all of your currency items in this tab and it removes the stack limits on your currency so it's just there it's really nice how much is that it's really nice so that was um currency tab is seven dollars and fifty cents get one of those um or say like you like collecting the unique items you're like a legendary collector from diablo you can get a unique tab uh, which I also purchased, and I must not have really thought about how much it was because they do use an intermediary currency. Yeah, that was $14 to get that. But it allows you to store one of each unique item in the game and then track your collection of all of them. And the yeah. percentage, like, this, is, you have 5% of the unique belts or whatever. Um, and they add to the, the, the gameplay options. The other thing about the premium tabs, that's where you can uh, choose if you want to list your items on that market board uh, if you have premium tabs you can say oh yeah everything in this tab should be for sale one, yeah for one chaos orb mm-hmm. and then just by putting it in the tab it is now for sale um, so you are getting gameplay out of out of some of these these pickups um, the most i think pretty much everything else for the most part except uh guild rewards or like guild purchases are cosmetic um and people are generally more willing to spend money on, on cosmetics. Um, yeah, if you go into any, just load it in the game. Yeah, be in a town. <laughs> There'd be other players there with you, and you're like, "Holy shit!" 
<laughs> yes. Like each, each person next to me is worth at least sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. At least. The one guy I saw, um, I think yesterday evening, was like just fucking a glitched out terror blade. Yeah. <laughs> in metamorphosis. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> but here's the thing, it's not like he bought one single skin. Mm-hmm. There's a essentially a cosmetic slot for each section. So it's like yeah. your main hand weapon, your offhand, your face, your body, your yeah. ambient effect, your portal. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Mm-hmm. Um you can have a pet, you can have wings. Yeah. How much of it's a part of body or separate? Mm-hmm. There's just so much. Yeah, I think there's a wings and cloak. Uh, slot and i was looking at the prices and if you if you were if you're walking up to the market and you're like hey you know just got a minimum wage job don't really have that much money to spend give me something you would give to the poors um you can get like a plain like monocolored cloak or something like that or you can be and that's like 15 bucks actually is where, where that starts or you can you know step it up a little bit join the important echelons of society and get a $64 set of like full demonic wings that are like dripping blood or whatever. Um, similar effects for like souls continually encircling your body, uh, which was $42. Um, like they, these add up rapidly and they're not priced at um, consumer level, your average yeah. player. These are for people who have a lot of money to spend. And then they do. <laughs> Like the game is good and I enjoy it. It's very cool, very fun, very nice. But for me personally, I don't get that much enjoyment for spending, let's say, three hundred dollars to make my character look the coolest. Yes. Yeah. And then you know, see like another cosmetic that somebody else has and be like, I kind of wish I had glowy hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like they they have some for skills in particular too. Like summon golem, you can replace with like a clockwork. Or like, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's, I, I, I kind of like that. Not like fifteen dollars or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's like not that, that price point. It's a cool idea, though. Yeah, I could understand why people would buy it. Or like, um, there's a short range teleport ability, and it like changes it so it's like a like vortex of souls instead of just like a fire sprite. Um, and there's like there's they're really cool effects. A lot of them are really cool. They're just I wouldn't spend ten plus dollars for. I would have to be making money out my ass from streaming mm-hmm. and like people paying that money. Sell your bath water, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking take baths. <laughs> God, what am I six? Um, well, you'd be able to. We stopped selling all the water. <laughs> That's the issue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My shower just makes this <laughs> noise. <laughs> Yeah, there, there was two other things. I know we, we move on here, but uh, dance animations for each class, $15 each. I did not even know about those. So if you uh, wanted to play different characters, mean like characters starting a different spot in the passive skill tree, $15 per class that you want to buy the dance for. And then the last functional change that I saw was uh, guild upgrades. So buying guild stash uh, space is $5 each. And adding 10 member slots so you can have more people in your guild is $10 each. What the fuck? Yeah. Could we do a quick Google on how much it would cost to buy everything in Path of Exile? Because <laughs> I know somebody has done this search for sure. Yeah, I think we can probably figure that out. Uh, so I've got a calculator here. Let me just uh, punch a couple keys. Uh, yeah, so that's around 6000 bucks give or take a year ago probably a lot more since then wow jake what a math guy <laughs> very impressive yeah well, on I that did. uh <laughs> it's not even a ti-30 it's just one of those dollar store calculators <laughs> thank you dave you give me a, you're giving my abacus like a lot of credit right now <laughs> just <laughs> how do you spell boobs on an abacus <laughs> Real question, asking for a friend. Yeah, you have to be a seventh level mathematician to, to actually get the answer to that one. But um, yeah, all that being said, I mean, it's designed to get money uh, from people who have a lot of money, and it's also the way that they're funding development. So, like, they had the numbers. Maybe if they didn't sell stash tabs, maybe if the cosmetics were all a tenth of the price that they were. I mean, I'd be way more inclined to buy them, but maybe that 
wouldn't sustain their business. Um, and they still provide all of the content in the game for free. Yeah. Which is, which is big. Like they could sell an expansion pack, something like that. People would buy it, but they don't do that. So they need some way to bring home the pigs for slaughter as the, um, as the saying goes. I just do like the little come hither fingers. <laughs> right. Come here, pigs. <laughs> I usually equip wheat in my off hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just walk backwards. Be careful if, you know, you give it to one pig and there's another pig nearby. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it should be oink, oink, <laughs> oink, oink. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, pig sex. Um. <laughs> yeah. well, this is the reason I always tag explicit on these episodes, Dave, because I never know when pig sex is going to come back up. Initially, it was because I swear, mm-hmm. uh, and Jake doesn't, mm-hmm. but now it's because uh, Jake's just a, a pervert. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't actually remember how we got on that particular topic but path of exile well we're just... talking about the <laughs> just like the pricing model oh, like yeah. in the previous episode we we're talking about how uh usually free-to-play games are making a lot more money mm-hmm. than fixed price games because people are more likely to like invest something like oh it's free and willing, like i said earlier willing to throw some money at it yeah. and like twenty dollars here twenty dollars there twenty dollars there not that much, mm-hmm. but you've now spent the price of what would be a full price game. Yeah. But it all depends on like what you're comfortable with for your price point of how much enjoyment you're getting from a thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, I could also play this game without spending anything, have a great fucking time. Yeah. But I'm also fine and willing to like spend 20 bucks. Right. But other people might not be. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Helps the developers have some oatmeal the next morning, you know, keeps them, keeps the developer calories up so they can get back in there and you think they can afford more water loot. to add to those oats. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they do have like uh, supporter bundles. I think we both ended up picking up like the $20 one. I think it was that gives you some items, some cosmetics, I should say. And then the equivalent currency or very close to it for the money you spent. So you kind of get to double dip a little bit. Um, and yes, that is just to get you to spend more money. But I get more value, and I evaluated it to be true, like to be worth it. So, suck at capitalism. Um, yeah, Path of Exile. It's a very solid game. If the um, passive skill tree is not too overly daunting, I believe it is a controversial statement. Dave's going to argue with me on this one, but uh, the true successor to Diablo Two um, in the vein of Diablo Two. And the way it feels. Agreed. That was a strong argument there, Dan. <laughs> no, like for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, point for point, pound for pound, dollar for dollar. Um, I feel it just does it right. Mm-hmm. Because when I go into a game like this, I want to get cool drops. And I want to kill monsters. And that's what the excitement is. Because you can kill all the monsters, get a lot of fun drops. Yeah. You get to change your build and get better at doing both. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the game is gorgeous. Actually, has a really interesting story and arc. And the bosses are unique and have mechanics. They're not just, I kill you with this weapon damage type. Yeah. Or this mm-hmm. magical ability type thing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a unique experience. They brought their own ideas to the, to the, uh, the marketplace of ideas to use a completely worn out term. Um, and they did things Diablo 2 didn't do, which I think are really cool. So props on them for their original ideas, and hopefully it continues to be successful and supported for many years to come so that when I come back to the game uh, 10 years from now or whenever, whenever I do, I can be like, oh, man, I have all of these uh, stash tabs. Awesome. Probably spend another 60 bucks and uh, have a good time with it. I feel it's probably important to note at this point, our sponsor for this week's episode is Blizzard North. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks, Blizzard North. <laughs> friend of the show. Yeah, friend friend of the show. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Path of Exile. Uh, as always, uh, Dave will buy you stuff for it. I think he says things like that. I will definitely <laughs> link you to the, uh, the Steam page. You can install this for free. <laughs> uh, and... Until next time, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. 
you think people care about like how to contact us? No. no. It, like historically, no. That's fair. Text me. <laughs> <laughs>